share what a lot of the candidates have shared in their testimony, really. Um, so this morning's been a special morning, I think, for us as a whole church, but also particularly for those who've been baptised. They've chosen to be baptised, as they said today. They've chosen to do uh, so because they want to be serious about following Jesus. So what is baptism and why get baptised? I can remember when I wanted to be baptised or thought about that I ought to get baptised and um, it took me a long time to pluck up courage to go in the baptistry um, because I can't swim. And uh, a few people have said to me this morning, don't step back when you're on that platform. Um, so, yeah, I can't swim and I didn't like the idea of going under the water. I know Simon said we keep you under three minutes, but it is only short. And uh, I just don't like water on my face. So if I shower, I don't have the water on my face. So it's like, oh, I, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do this. But then I realised, I, I asked myself why I needed to get baptised, particularly as baptism doesn't actually make any difference to your commitment that you've already made to the Lord. You've already made that decision. That doesn't, it's just showing you, showing people that that's the commitment you've made. And I thought, surely that's all I need to do. I don't really need to get baptised. But in the end, I began to think about all that Jesus had gone through to bring me back into a right relationship with him. And I thought my momentary problem, my nervousness with water was nothing in comparison. If he could do what he did for me in going through a cruel death on the cross, then surely I could get baptized and show that I was following him. So I did get baptized. And it was the most amazing day. In fact, I could do it again now. <laughs> so baptism is a public confirmation that we've given our lives to Christ and that we're going to follow him. Jesus is our example. He got baptised and those who've been baptised are following in his footsteps. In the book of Mark, in chapter 1, and from verse 9, it says the following. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. In one sense, it wasn't necessary for Jesus to be baptised. Jesus was perfect, and he never had, and he never would commit anything that was wrong, do anything that was wrong. But Jesus was being obedient to God, his Father. He was showing us the way. God showed his pleasure in what Jesus had done through what he said about him. He said, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. We also see from this passage that 
Jesus was an adult when this happened. It wasn't just a few drops of water sprinkled on him, but he went down into the water to be completely immersed like they have this morning. So the five people who've been baptised today are following the example of Jesus and being obedient to God. Jesus' disciples also baptised others. It wasn't something just for Jesus to take part in. His disciples followed his leading. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 22 says, After this, that's after Jesus had met with a man called Nicodemus, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptised. Then Jesus also told his disciples to continue to baptise people. In Matthew 28, a verse, few verses that we call the Great Commission, when Jesus was about to go back into heaven, he said to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So that's what we've done today. Like the disciples, we've also been called to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptise them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, we find Peter, one of those disciples. He preached to the crowds in Jerusalem and after he'd finished speaking, they asked, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He went on to say, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. The Bible says that those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. We too are called to repent. That's to say sorry for the wrong things we've done. To turn away from our old ways and to turn towards Jesus and to follow him. To be forgiven by God and to start afresh. We heard this morning from the candidates that they've repented, they've turned towards Jesus. They've had their sins forgiven. And we've also prayed today that they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit when he left the earth to be our help and our comfort in our lives and to give us the power we need to live those lives for Jesus. We need this too because we too live in a corrupt generation. So today has been the next step in the lives of these five candidates who've already given their lives to Christ. We've heard their testimonies of how they came to know and love Jesus, how they got to this point in their lives. Now they start 
the next part of their journey with Jesus, learning how to live like him and to follow him in their day-to-day lives. Baptism is like a burial. They've gone down into the water and been raised back up. They've left, as Jean said in her poem, they've left their old lives behind. They're beginning a new life with Jesus. The Bible says that if we're in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And Jesus refers to this as being born again, starting afresh. And we need to nurture that new creation. If you plant a seed, and I'm not a gardener, if you plant a seed in your garden or your window box, you can't just leave it and hope it'll grow. It has to be looked after, watered, and have the correct soil and sunlight. And we're just the same. Once we've started on the journey with Jesus, we need to encourage the growth of getting to know God more and serving him more. And that's something that we, as a church family, can help people with. So these five people have told us what made them make the initial decision to follow Christ. What made me make that decision? I think, one, I think it was Nefemi was saying that she'd always been to church, and that was the same for me. I've been there, I've been at church since I was a baby. My parents were both Christians, so I was always taken to church. I attended Sunday school. When I got older, I learnt all the Bible stories. And as I moved into my teenage years, I very often thought that once I was old enough, I wouldn't continue with church because the world seemed to be a more alluring place. But I had a very strict father and I knew that he wouldn't allow me to not attend church, or at least that's what I thought. However, actually staying in the church showed me that a life with Jesus was worth a lot more than a life without him. Whenever I'd gone out to nightclubs, with friends, I'd come home and think how empty that type of life was. Maybe it was enjoyable for that particular evening, but it wasn't anything that was fulfilling or lasting. And as an older teenager, I realised that just because I'd always been to church, it didn't mean I was a Christian. Just as Simon mentioned recently, always going to McDonald's doesn't make you a burger. I made the decision that I wanted to follow Jesus and let him be the person to help me through life. I knew that he knew me better than I know myself and he would always have the best in mind for me. Over the years, I've found that there's always more to learn about God and always more to receive from him. Just when you think you've got God sussed, you learn something new about him. He is a loving God and there is and is there for us whatever our situation. The Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And I know that he's never left me or forsaken me, whatever I've faced during my life so far. 
I have to say my life isn't all sorted. And I think all the candidates would say the same thing. There are still things that we all do wrong and we need to be dealt with or we need forgiveness for. But God is always someone that we can turn to for forgiveness if we're willing to say sorry to him. He'll help us to become more like him. God's love for us is so great and he so longs for us to love him that he will go to any lengths to try and help us to love him. And the greatest thing he's done for us is sending Jesus to this earth and Jesus being willing to do that so that we could be brought back into the family of God and back into a relationship with him. Jesus was willing to be obedient to his father and to come to this earth to die the cruel death to take the punishment we deserved so that we could come to the father as if we'd never done anything wrong. And a couple of the songs we've sung this morning has spoken about that, about the cross is the thing that brings us back into relationship with God. And it doesn't matter what you've done wrong either. What we may class as small or big wrongs or sins in our lives, God sees them as all the same. The Bible says that we've all done wrong and fall short of God's standard. I remember coming back from an encounter with God weekend that the church ran a few years ago. It was a weekend away where we spent time just concentrating on God and forgetting about the outside world. And before I went away, I thought I was getting on with life okay particularly as God was in my life, I was following him, I was serving him. But during that weekend, I realised all wasn't okay and that I needed to repent again and to say sorry to him again. And I felt like God had sucked all the dirty stuff out from inside of me, washed my insides out with pure, clean water. It's a bit like those um, drain cleaning machines that you see on the roads. They stick a big sucker thing down the drain and suck out all the sludge. And that's what I felt like God had done with me. Taken all the rubbish out of my life and put his love in and made me clean again. And the thing is, that's something that we need to keep doing and keep asking God to do for us because we continue to mess up. So what about you this morning? Do you feel you need all of the dirt in your life to be washed away? And for you to have a brand new, clean, fresh start? What are you putting your hope in or your trust in today? I think we can safely say there's very little hope in the world these days. What can you trust in? Psalm 20, verse, verses 7 and 8 say, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They, 
that's those who trust in chariots and horses, are brought to their knees and fall. But we, those who trust in the Lord our God, rise up and stand firm. I suppose in today's language we could say some trust in fast cars, some trust in money, some trust in health. But none of these things are long-lasting. If you trust in the Lord God, then you'll be able to stand firm through all the difficulties that you'll ever face. And we can only stand firm in him. Do you feel your life is fulfilled? Do you feel like you need a fresh, clean, new start? Come to Jesus and find that fulfilment, that cleansing. Why not start a walk with him today? Let's just close our eyes for a moment.